You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Welcome one and all to episode 82 of the Pimp Cron Warhammer Podcast. And tonight I am joined by Just James on two different segments. Number one, wanting the Amagroid stone thing. The Amagroid stone thing. And uh, with want that or want that not on that one. And we also have a segment on Real Talk where we are getting into Warhammer. How should you get into it in an effective manner? What is it that you should do? You should practice. What should you buy? Uh, where should you get your stuff? That sort of thing. Um, and that is what we're discussing tonight on Real Talk. We also have a letter from Andy, and he is commenting on last episode where uh, a Patreon patron, Shade, asked for our opinion on how Warhammer wives should deal with Warhammer spouses, essentially. And Andy has some chiming in to do on that topic. So that is what we're talking about tonight. What have I been up to? Well, I had a really cool weekend. Uh, my buddy Andy flew in and hung out with me. He kicked my ass Friday night. His sister's a battle beat my Tyranids. He almost wiped me off the table. He beat me 20 to 12. And it was mostly due to those stupid... Um, the artillery organ things for Sisters of Battle. Are those executioners or something like that? I'm sure you know what they are. And uh, I never really did deal with them, and unfortunately that was my undoing. He beat me 20 to 12. And uh, it was still I mean, a super fun game still. I still had a Carnifex and one warrior left at the end of it. But um, it was it was pretty darn fun. So then the following day, I traveled with a bunch of buddies across the bay and uh, we played another club, um, the Tabor Wargaming Club that we met at Shorehammer. And uh, this is our fourth annual year doing that. And it's just a big fun day of, of pickup games and whatnot. And uh, so we went over there and Andy was also there as well. So I ended up playing a second game with Andy with my Dark Eldar versus his sisters. And I was able to, you know what I did. You know exactly, before I even tell you, you know what I did. After his... Um, artillery tanks, I want to call them executioners, but I don't think that's it. Anyway, uh, after those tank things did me in on Friday night, Saturday, you know my Dark Eldar went immediately for them, and I was able to tie them up starting turn two or three, I think. I think turn two. Uh, my raider charged into him and whatnot, and was able to start tying him up. So I ended up beating him uh, 27 to 20 on that game. So I, f I feel like, you know, a little bit of validation, a little bit of uh, vindication on that. But both of them were super fun games, even even the one that I got my teeth kicked in. It makes all the difference when your opponent, you know, we have one friend, Andrew, who is a two-time Shorehammer 40k champion, okay? And he is one of the nicest guys you will ever meet, but he will also kick your teeth in, <laughs> It's like, you know, I don't even mind as long as we're having a good conversation and we're laughing and joking and nobody's pissed off. You can you can beat the crap out of me. I'm fine with it. Like it doesn't even doesn't even bother me. And consequently or ironically or I don't even know what I'm saying. On the flip side of that, I have beaten people that were no fun to play with and I had no fun. You know, it's just winning doesn't equate happiness, you know. 
So anyway, we had a really good time that weekend. Um, I also played my friend Josh, and uh, Christopher and I teamed up his Empire and my Stormcast against my friend Josh and his uh, Night Haunt, and we ended up tying 12-12 to 12 on that game. It was a real nail-biter game. We, we, man, Josh's Night Haunt assaulted us and killed two squads of my Liberators, for, like, right off the bat. So then my Retributors came in and decimated his uh, Night Haunt, his Spirit Hosts. And then, you know, it was like every turn we were, like, deleting a unit of the of the opponent. But it ended up being 12-12 to 12 at the very end. It was pretty hilarious. So then I ended up playing Josh again, a one-on-one, and we ended up, he ended up beating me 15 to 14. It all came down to who had this one objective at the very end of the game, and it just so happened that I was not able to deal enough damage to him in melee, and he had more models than I did. No, 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 I'm sorry. We actually had, he had five models, and I had five models, but he had previously capped the objective, so it went to him anyway because he already had possession of it. I never got to take it from him. So it was that close of a game. Super, super close. So um, now for this thing, I've said before, one thing that motivates me to paint in the hobby or do anything in the hobby is when I have an event coming up. Like, I know a lot of people do it for Shorehammer or some other tournament they're going to or things like that. So, like, we went to go play the Basement Wargamers. We, uh, I painted a ton of Tomb Kings because I was going to bring Tomb Kings and I wanted everything to be painted nice and neat. So I ended up painting a ton of Tomb Kings. Well, for this week, I knew I was going to be bringing my Stormcast. So I painted... Uh, I have, I've had five Retributors for a long time, and then I've gotten five more Retributors that I've never assembled or painted. So I finally said, I said, you know what, Retributors are my very favorite unit in the game, so I am going to paint my other five Retributors and bring a ten-man squad of Retributors. And I was averaging twelve mortal wounds every combat phase from those guys. Twelve mortal wounds. In addition to all other damage. So, uh... Anyway, I painted five more Judicators, five more Retributors. I finished my Lord Relictor. I finished my Lord Lady holding the three crystals from Soul Wars, I think is her name. And I, I never remember her name. There's two wizards that have very similar names. And uh, anyway, so that's I got a lot of that stuff done. But I'm, I'm talking painted and based, by the way, not just painted. So super, super excited about that. And I had a blast. This is our fourth year when... Us and Tabor Wargaming met at the first Shorehammer. They've been here since the four, first Shorehammer. Um, when we met there, we really hit it off. Our group was very similar to their group and had a good time. Just like us in Basement Wargamers. You know, you just get along with groups really well and they've got nice people. So it's really cool that we've made uh, annual trips out of this stuff. And these things are some of my favorite trips I do in the year. Is going up to other clubs, you know. And once again, we had a bro trip with a bunch of my buddies and uh, let me think about some highlights of that. <laughs> you know, when you're in a car for almost three hours or six hours round trip with a bunch of guys, um, at some point, the conversation turned to, we love Trish Stratus from WWE so much that we bought the hero click and put it in our butthole. So that... <laughs> Maybe that's taken out of context. Maybe it sounds more weird than it was, but it was it was pretty funny. 
uh, one of our uh, other bro trips, we ended up saying that uh, TJ, our friend from our club, TJ, his dad, his name is Tim, and he also plays. And I don't know how we started the running joke, but the running joke for several years has been Sexy Tim, that Tim, uh, TJ's got a DILF. <laughs> so we, uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. You always have good times with your bros and potentially your sisses on a trip. So anyway, uh, other than that, the brutality campaign at our local store is going strong. A bunch of people played games. I got my second game in, and uh, Derek beat the crap out of me. Uh, all brought me down to one guy out of five. And but you know what? It I I question myself. I'm like, why did I lose so bad? But the reason why I lost so bad is because of my crappy rolling. Basically, this actually was an instance of crappy rolling. So the mission, the narrative mission that we rolled was that uh, it's called in the murder business. So I, my team of people assaulted a friendly, uh, innocent town that he was at of his allies. Right. So he's basically beast kingdoms cause they're all werewolves. And this is a beast kingdoms town and we assault this town and, uh, he's going to defend it. So I'm getting points for killing civilians. He's getting points for killing us and all that. So I very first turn, very first model, I charge up there and I attack him and the civilians are pretty easy to kill. It's pretty consistent that you'll kill one if you assault it. And I missed both of my 70% hits. I'm like, oh, well, there's that one point that I just lost. Okay. So the next time I get a chance, I assault that same model with another one of my models and I only did one damage to him and he's got two hit points. So the civilians survived that as well. I'm like, oh my gosh, by this point I should have two points and now I have no points. Okay, fine. So later in the turn, this first turn, um, one of the civilians had scattered near my melee guy. So my melee guy charges him and he kills him. And I'm like, all right, I finally get a point after all this. And then I rolled on the chart to see what happens. And essentially the civilian was faking it. I didn't kill him. He kicks me in the balls and runs away and I don't get a victory point. So... There was three successful assaults, three times I should have gotten a point, and three times that I did not get a point. Oh man, it was it was the game of wounding civilians but not killing civilians, and it was I mean it was still a lot of fun, but man, it's just sometimes sometimes the dice really screw you. All right, I have rambled on long enough. Let's get on with the show. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. Today on the Tesseract Mailbox, we have our friend Andy writing in. He's one of our Patreon patrons, and he's a badass cryptech. He writes in and says, Pimpcron, my wife does not get into the gaming side of the hobby, but she likes the fact that she had a lot of input on the paint scheme of my sister's army. She also will look at all of my models and point out imperfections, and it helps keep my painting side on point. She also engages me when I talk about games I play and always cheers me on when I do get a chance to play. I don't think a significant other needs to play with you to support you. If they will just let you follow your passions, it is a big win and everything else is icing. The hobbyist needs to remember that they have passions as well and that you need to find a balance between work, home, and play. They say a happy wife means a happy life. It might not be the total answer, but it does help. Thank you for writing in, Andy. That was via Facebook. And 
I completely agree with you. Uh, back to the relationship advice, you know, it's just as important that you guys spend time together is as it is that you spend time alone. And just like you said, I completely agree that your your significant other does not have to be part of the hobby at all. And um, but as long as they're supportive of you, you know, you hear I hear comments on uh, Facebook or on articles and things like that where, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, my girlfriend makes fun of me for doing Warhammer and she puts me down and she blah, blah, blah. You know, some people and I, I do know some people like this. They are almost afraid or embarrassed to be a nerd. And there certainly are nerdier hobbies out there. I feel like you should, you know, a lot of the relationship issue is just respecting each other. So if you respect each other, then you respect what the other person likes, even if it bores you to tears, you know. Uh, for instance, my wife really, really likes cooking shows, and good God, I could not care any less than I possibly do. I'm physically trying to care less about these cooking shows, but I just can't. It's I just don't have it in me. So, but you know, she watches cooking shows, and I go do my own thing, and then I play Warhammer, and she does her own thing. So it's, you know, it works. Um, it's just really important that you're also spending time together. You should not be spending more time with your hobby than you are with your significant other. You know, unless one of you is on, you know, uh, combat duty or something. So let's take Andy and his wife as an example, okay? If I'm dissecting exactly what he sent to me, he is saying that she doesn't play the game, but she does like the hobby side of it, and she had input on his paint scheme for his sister's army, which, number one, that sounds kind of cute, right? You're like, hey, wife, uh, pick my color scheme, but we'll do whatever you want. And that's, that's kind of cool. I mean, even if she's not the one that's painting the models or she's not participating in that part of it, she can still be like, oh, I like this model. Let's paint this one this way or this way, that way. And, and you know, it, it's just kind of cool. It's kind of including your significant other in your hobby, even though they may not be physically uh, participating. Now, he also says that she takes a look at all of his models and points out imperfections, which is actually pretty darn funny. I had another friend that used to say that his wife... He was a pretty good painter, and he always told me that his wife would be like, oh, wow, look at this guy online. He's a way better painter than you. <laughs> so that that sounds like there's some friendliness in their relationship when she's pointing out imperfections in his painting. And uh, then she also engages me when I talk about games I play, and she cheers me on when I do get a chance to play. So once again, that sounds like they are friends, it sounds like they have a good relationship, it sounds like she is rooting for him even though she doesn't participate. You know, it's like having a child that plays a sport. You're not out there on the field with the child, but you love the child, you're supporting the child, you're cheering them on. So, I do feel like what he wrote in the examples he gave is actually a really good example of being in a good relationship and being in a caring relationship. And once again, you don't have to participate, but it is kind of cool if you can find a way to involve your significant other in your hobby. Like I said in the last episode, I try to involve my wife with green stuff and sculpting because she's always been really good at sculpting. Um, I'm not as good at sculpting. So anytime I've got, oh, I've got this big gap here, or I'm kitbashing a model and I've got to make it, you know, fit better or whatever, she, um, you know, she steps in and she can do that and she enjoys it to some extent. And then we can kind of say, oh, look, you know, you did this to the model and customized it and then I painted it and, 
you know, it's kind of a group effort. If you can include somebody, I think that works out a lot better. And ultimately, I think Andy's right. A happy wife is a happy life, and that is the truth. Whether it's a husband or a wife, your spouse is a big part of your life, and I think that goes without saying, and you can't just neglect them for the things that you're into. So, all right, thanks for writing in, Andy. I appreciate it. Want that or want that not? Hey, it's another edition of Want That or Want That Not. It's just James and the Pimp Crown. What's up, my man? I want it. <laughs> okay, I want it too. We'll just say right, a, right, right up front. Cut it off. Yep, that's it. End this shit. <laughs> so we're talking about the Fomeroid Crusher. Fomeroid. Fom- Fomeroid fom- Crusher. Fomeroid. Crusher? Is it Crusher? Crusher. 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 I think it's the Fomeroid Crusher. Sea it's Rusher. French. Sea Rusher. Rusher. <laughs> So, I don't even know what this is for. Is this for War... Yeah, it's for Warcry. Warcry. And it's also for Slaves to Darkness. Slaves to Darkness. So, um, this... What is this, James? Explain this to the people. Uh, it is like a troll. A big, fat troll. Ogre. I don't know what's the difference. I don't keep up with that stuff. Uh, but it's got some uh, armor on it. Well, I guess... I thought his... Both his shoulders, but... Just the one shoulder has like a big uh, shoulder pad, metal shoulder pad. The other one's got like a little strap. Uh, it's got a um, big tuft of hair on its chin and, and head. Uh, it's got little beady eyes, I think. Unless it's got it's... one eye with like some thing on it. Ah. Um... No, th- look, there might be another head to it. Yeah, there's an uncovered ah, okay. eye and there's a covered eye. So it's a... Cyclops. It's a Cyclops. Um, uh, it's got, you know, big hands to hold big stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Um, I know what you're saying. It also comes with two different sets of hands, it looks like. Yeah. One's holding, like, a, a small rock, and one's holding a big rock, which you said it looks like his purse. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big rock. And then there's another one where he's holding... Oh, uh, he's not holding it. There's a bracelet with a chain and a chunk of concrete. And then another bracelet with a chain and a chunk of concrete. Ah, okay. And um, so there's a couple different ways to build it, it seems. But what I find odd is, look at his skin. From his boobies up to his head and down his arms is gray. Right. Below his boobies is all pink skin with no fur. Yeah. And I was looking at this going, well, does he have does he have human skin like stretched over him? Is that what he's wearing? But no, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, Isn't that weird? Yeah, I mean... And if you look at his cuts in his gray parts, there's like pink on either side of the cuts. So, I, I'm... Maybe he, maybe that's, he painted himself gray for some reason. Fomeroid Crusher. I don't... I, I just don't understand. He did his head, shoulders, arms gray, and then he was like, yeah, I don't feel like doing the rest. <laughs> Oh, you think this is like fake Tanner, but for yeah, but for Fomeroid crushers, F- yeah, they're like, oh man, it's not like bronze for them. They're like, oh, I want that deep slate color. Yeah, they, you know? they like, they like the stone look. Yeah, uh, maybe that's how they tan. So this is like, he is. There's actually another part. There's another base that comes with it, but it's purely um, decorative, and uh-huh. it's like a tanning bed. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's a towel like draped over uh-huh. it because that he was in the tanning bed. He gets out. <laughs> 
He's got his rocks. Right? <laughs> <laughs> if you look on the other side of his loincloth, he is bare-ass naked. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. That's just a weird decision. That is, to me, that is a very weird design decision to make him boobies up, he's gray. Boobies down, he's flesh. Yeah, I don't know. And he doesn't even look particularly hairy. Like, that That looks like gray skin. That doesn't look like fur. No, there's, I don't, so, besides his head, there's no fur on Look him. at his hands. There's no, like, little tufts of fur. No, it's... So why is he... I don't get this. It's just, that's the way he lives. That's the way, you know, <laughs> everybody's got a unique look. How dare you? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I Discriminate <laughs> against a fomeroid. A fomeroid crusher. Crusher. Yeah, this is just... Okay, so we start out by saying that we both want this, though. Yes, I do. I do want that. I mean, obviously, you don't have to paint them that way. You can paint them full gray. Although, I do... Th- I mean, full gray or full flesh, I think, is going to be bland. So, I think, you know, the, the mixture between the two is good looking. I, I always like when an animal... Like, um, it's usually cartoons. Because, I mean, real animals don't often do this. But, you know, like when they've got a belly one color. Uh-huh. Or, like, the inside of their arms or their legs and between their legs is, like, one color and the outside colors. I like, I guess deer are like that, where they're, like, brown on the outside yeah, and the top. and the belly is white. Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't mind. I don't think that would be a bad idea to paint him, you know, flesh color on all of his, like, the underneath of his arm and down his sides or down his belly or something. Because you're probably right. He's already holding stone, which you're probably going to make gray. He's already got armor on him, which is going to be a silver, which is basically a gray. Yeah. You don't want him to just be all washed out with just gray. Right. So I could, I think you're right though, but honestly, I don't know, making him all flesh colored could actually go pretty well with that. Uh, yeah. If you're doing all, all the gray on the shoulder pads and, yeah. and his hair's uh, whitish gray. Or just, or just ignore the gray and pink altogether and go with like a blue or something. That yeah. would be pretty cool. Use your imagination. Yeah. Let your dreams run wild. <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely a want that. It's a really cool model. I um, want that. I just don't know where I'm going to use it. I'm, I mean, I don't play Warcry, so... Do you have a Slaves to Darkness army? Uh, no. Hmm. Don't own any? I'm a little surprised. I had Chaos Warriors. Uh, and I, oh, I do have a Sorcerer on a Mana Core, which I never use because I don't have that army. Uh, so... You still have Chaos Warriors? No, I got rid of them oh. threw them in the trash um <laughs> burned them yeah although i did try to win a start collecting slave the darkness at the tournament we went to but i did not win that so, i put tickets in that too yeah didn't win it i mean the models do look cool for that yeah but, but i don't really have an interest in playing them so uh that's a don't want that <laughs> <laughs> i yeah the slaves to darkness don't do a whole lot for me. Like I've mentioned before, I have a Blades of Corn army, and I don't ever play corn in literally anything else. In 40k, I don't usually play corn. Um, I don't have any world eaters. I don't have any corn demons, barely any. You know, I just don't play corn for some reason. I always went with either Slanesh or Nurgle usually. I didn't even usually do Zinch. So when I started AOS and they had that starter set, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to finally have an all corn army, not a chaos undivided or just a corn army so uh-huh. that's why i've never bothered with slaves to darkness because i already have a bloodbound army and there is some overlap yeah there's but um and i play slaves to darkness units in my bloodbound because i have no demons in it uh-huh. 
but to actually just pick up the book Slaves of Darkness is kind of like, well, I, I pretty much already have that army. And if you can ally these in with Slaves to Darkness, I'm assuming you can ally these in with uh, Cordon Bloodbound. I don't know. Uh, yeah, who knows? But um, I guess they'd have to upgrade the uh, update the um, ally chart or whatever for them to allow it, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, we're off on a tangent. So we both want the Fomeroid Crusher. Crusher, yeah. All right. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pentcron. Welcome to Real Talk with the Pimpcron. I am the Pimpcron, and today I am joined by my dear, dear friend, Just James. Hello. Hello, James. Um, I'm sorry, Just James. That's Just James. Your, that's your legal name. So, uh, you came to me, and you had a topic to talk about today. And I was excited, because I thought maybe you'll participate in this conversation. <laughs> uh, no, I forgot. Oh. No. Um, I recently watched a YouTube video. It, they were it was uh, four guys. They were getting into Warhammer, just getting into Warhammer. Okay, and they decided to do two thousand points each. They're starting out at two thousand points. They're starting out at two thousand points. Why would they do that? I don't know. They're insane. <laughs> okay. Uh, I know one. Well, one of them said they. Uh, one of them said that they started in seventh edition, so that he at least knows. Uh, some knowledge, but he he owned, he didn't already own an army. Uh, uh, I think he yeah I think he did, but I guess he's starting a new army. I think that's what that was. Okay. Um, so they're starting out at two thousand points for the new players, and even they even mentioned in the video, don't do this. Uh, it's, yeah, it's not a good idea to do this because they're like we spent uh, around $3,000 on a game that we're not even sure we're going to oh like. No, you know what? That even seems irresponsible because if, okay, number one, obviously if they don't like the game, blah, 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 they might be wasting their money, but $3,000 for 2,000 point army, that doesn't yeah. even seem reasonable. No, it, it doesn't. I uh, mean, if you're, I'm sure they weren't trying to do like the cheapest possible way, but $3,000, that seems too much. I mean, some units, think about that. They're, that's like um, $3,000. That's, um, hold on a second. It's 150%. So the, the money they spend is 150% of the points that they get for it, right? So that means a 100-point model would cost $150. And they don't. <laughs> so, right? I mean... So that seems like they they made some real bad choices. I guess. Did it show what they bought? Uh, it only showed one guy. Oh, well, no, they they did go to their gaming store or well, a store that has games in it, and they had a pile of all their stuff on a table. Huh. And they went through and pointed out everything that that they ordered, and then they also said there was some stuff that still needed to be shipped in. Hmm. Uh, and they showed one guy's total. Uh, I believe he was playing guard, and it was like two thousand nine hundred something, oh and he still had four hundred dollars worth to come in. Okay, well, I kind of do. I could see that a little bit. If he's buying a ton of guardsmen, yeah, they're so cheap points wise, but they cost what thirty some dollars for uh, ten. Well, actually, he got a. You know, there's a five or, I think it's five, five man little box sets, ten dollars oh, each. Yeah. He got a, like eleven of those. 
Mm. And then a start collecting box. That's probably not the best price point, I bet. Yeah, probably not. I'd have to do the math on it. But I'm, you know, typically, I'm just speaking generally, the smaller the amount you buy of something, the more per thing it is, you know? And when you buy a bigger box, so I feel like those five-man box might be... Was it five, $10? I think it's $10 for those five guys. I think it's 15 Uh, Well, if you... I think if, if you just buy the 10-man, isn't it like... 30-something? 30 30-something. 30 so, huh, maybe. I don't know. I just don't know where all their money's going. I feel like they got ripped off. <laughs> uh, well, I think it's in California. I don't know what the taxes are over there. Sure, yeah. Uh, and I think they're buying straight from GW. Oh, okay. So that could rack it up pretty high. Oh, they went to a GW store? No, it was a independent. Oh. Um, hmm. So what what do you have to say about all this? What's, what's the topic today for the Real Talk? Well, um, the obvious thing is if you're starting a new game, don't go big into it. Like like they've said, I'm... I will admit they've said th- that. Um, so don't go big into it. Start small. But also watch their video to learn from their mistakes. Yeah. Because uh, it's only I've only it's only episode one uh, so far. I subscribe to their channel just to watch that. Mm-hmm. Um, see how their their progress and what they've di- done. Because they're also they've apparently going to. Uh, make their own gaming table for Warhammer. And it did show them, uh, you know, a preview of uh, future episodes of they're like some guy is going to get uh, is buying another army. And I think it's, you know, one of the guys that's starting off new. He's, so they're, I guess they like the game enough. So they're going to start uh, a new army. Oh my gosh. These guys must have good jobs to just plop down. Yeah, I don't know what they do, but. (laughs) They'll be selling drugs soon enough to pay for this. (laughs) Good grief. So, okay, so that brings us to the topic of if you are starting out with Warhammer, what should you start without? Uh, Start out with, not without. Within and without you. Okay, okay, let me start over. If you are starting Warhammer, what should you start with? If you're doing it. I mean, you know, arguably on a budget. You don't have to go the cheapest route possible, but um, the, what is the most economic options for starting an army? Well, the start collectings are always a good thing. Um, and eBay to find a decent, uh, you know, a small amount and somebody might sell it for a good, good price. eBay can be such a crapshoot, though, because sometimes you see stuff that is like full price or more. I it always gets me. I'll I'll go on eBay and I will see a brand new box of such and such models, right? Let's say it's 40 bucks normally and they're charging 45. Yeah. And I'm like, "Do you ever sell one?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, only when someone accidentally clicks on it. Like I don't why would you why would somebody pay more than It turns out it's just the box, not the stuff inside. Probably, yeah. Um so I mean, eBay can be a real crapshoot as far as sometimes you get a good deal and other times you're not getting a great deal. Also, the start collecting, some boxes aren't as good as the others, like as in the uh, Death Guard. They don't give you HQ in it. Oh, really? The Plague Surgeon's an elite, so that's an illegal list right there. Oh, I know about the Carriage on Overlords is the same way. They At the time, now you can make um, the Bubble Boys and the Gun Hauler 
both battle line. Yeah. But at the time, Arcanauts were your only battle line, and it doesn't come with Arcanauts. So you're <laughs> like, what? Yeah, that's that's yeah. strange. Um. So yeah, GW does. I, you, I feel like they should. That should be the priority is HQ and troops. Yeah. I mean, and then something special like a Dune Crawler or whatever. Yeah. They they've done that with most of their box sets, I believe. Uh, like you said, the Dune Crawler it has the Tech Priest Dominus, the troop unit, and the the Dune Crawler. Yeah. So the odd boxes here and there where it's not like that format. That's it's, weird. It's strange. But you're right. Um, I mean, start collecting. If we're just if we're speaking generally, isn't it like twenty percent off? Like roughly, like where if you bought all those things individually. It's like that much off. I think so. I think I, it's like thirty bucks or something on average. Yeah, I think so. So I think you're right. And most of them now are what between eighty five, ninety five. Uh, they're ninety five, um, ninety to ninety five. Okay, they, so they bumped it up a bit. Okay, but now if you can get it, um, as a rule of thumb, usually when you buy stuff, um, either secondhand from someone privately. Or you buy something on eBay or whatever. Generally, you can get things twenty percent off, or um, some stores will do twenty percent off or or whatever you know. Um, so if you're already getting the start collecting and it the MSRP is twenty percent off, and then you're getting twenty percent off that purchase, you're getting like forty percent off. So I mean, twenty percent off of ninety five dollars would be like what eighteen dollars or something seventeen dollars. So you're already getting like twenty or thirty dollars off, and then you're getting like roughly 20 more dollars off yeah that's not bad yeah it's not bad um now of course 20 percent of 80 percent does not make 40 percent off but (laughs) you know Uh, actually remember um you didn't ever go to it this is a little bit of a tangent but store a that the only one you didn't go to that our club has been to Uh um with that dumb asshole that ran it he thought he was clever because he would give you a percent off um, he would give you 15% off your purchases for GW product, but he would give you seven and a half percent off. And then from that number, he'd give you another seven and a half percent. And I'm like, I mean, it's saving him like pennies. It's not even, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, sure. It is not quite 15% off, but what is it? 14% off? Like, seriously. Um, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's just stupid and petty. But then again, that's kind of the definition of that dude is stupid <laughs> and petty. So, um, so start collecting are obviously the way to go. Um, our battle forces, I'm assuming battle forces, the big boxes are also a, a pretty good discount, right? Yeah. When, yeah, they're, they're pretty good t- too. Uh, I don't, I don't know if they're the same amount, uh, you know, discount as the, uh, start collecting. Um, I don't know math, so uh, <laughs> I remember when I was because um, I just bought the Night Haunt Battle Force recently, and I'm gonna make up numbers, but at the because I can't remember. This is two months ago, and I can't remember at all. But uh, I feel like it was like two hundred and fifty dollars worth of stuff, and I got it for like two hundred. It was like twenty percent off, roughly. Yeah, I think. it's it's something like that. Yeah, or it's one one eighty nine or something. Is the so I mean. Once again, it's 170, 170 for the battle force and comes out to 200, somewhere between 200 to 250. When you add it all up. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, 
And this is such a weird thing because GW didn't used to do this. You know, five years ago, they didn't have any start collectings. They did no box sets. Do you remember the the one-click bundles they would do on their website? It was full price. Yeah, they they still do that. <laughs> do they? Yeah. <laughs> the only discount they give is the special battle forces and start collecting. Start collecting. But other than that, like, you know, they'll have the this week's pre-orders in a bundle, but it's still the, it's the same amount. That's funny. There was occasionally where I would add those up and it would be like five dollars more. Yeah. Like before it start collecting. And I don't know if it was a math, you know, error on their part or what. Uh-huh. But I would add up all the things individually and it would be like instead of one ninety, it'd be like one ninety five or something and as a one click bundle. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I didn't even know they still did that. I didn't even pay attention at all. Yeah, they still do know. that whenever the pre-orders come out. So it's interesting, though, because what they've done is they've they're slowly I see this more and more with companies, especially like um, uh, like hobby stores, Michaels and whatnot or PetSmart. They they jack up all their prices so that it's high, but then they frequently have sales. So it's like if you're willing to you can get good deals at all these prices companies if you're willing to wait for the deal yeah but people like me where i'm like hey it's monday and i want some flock i'm just gonna go buy the flock like i'm not gonna (laughs) wait two weeks until it's on sale like Uh and supposedly if you're one of those like um coupon clipper people Uh there's actual schedules of like um man i remember reading it and somebody told me it's true um which makes it true (laughs) (laughs) it was uh something about like um i'm I'm gonna make this up because i don't remember the specifics but i think it's like the last digit of the uh serial number on the item is is like it the number in rotation of when they have sales because i do know it's true that like hobby lobby they'll have like aisles two and three on sale this week and then the next week will be four and five and then six and seven i mean they do like constantly have an aisle on sale huh but I don't remember what the actual schedule is. It like, do all of them end up being on sale in one month, or is it like over three months they're all on sale, or whatever? So I mean, if you're willing to wait, you can get pretty good deals. Because um, you know when Michaels and, and uh, this place is like even PetSmart, they'll have fifty percent off, like like a lot. They do it frequently. Huh. But you gotta wait. And if I want it now, I'm just gonna buy it now. So GW seems like they're doing that too, is they, they increase their, their imp prices normally. So if you're just, Hey, I want a box of guardsmen, I'm gonna buy full price. But then if you actually thought about it and you're willing to pay a little bit higher by the start collecting and for rough, I'm just going to say double the price, you get like a commissar and a chimera and guardsmen, you know, it's like, it's, it's a better price, but you have to either invest more or you have to wait until there's sales or. Because even those battle forces, I think, are just like around Christmas, right? They're not. Yeah, they're around Christmas time. Yeah. So, um, because when I saw that Night Haunt one, I was like, I jumped on that because it was a ton of. It happened to be a bunch of units that I don't own, so it was perfect. Uh, yeah, I looked at them and they're good. Their boxes are good because the discount mm-hmm. makes you want to buy them, but there a lot of the stuff I didn't really want. Oh. Uh, so I was like, uh. It's, Get them for cheap, but I don't really want them. <laughs> I don't want them. That's you... like, start collecting boxes. There's lots of them. Like, oh, I should just get them just because they're cheaper. Okay, so, but you don't. I don't. Okay, then you need to teach my wife that. Because <laughs> all the time, she'll be like, but it was on sale. And I'm thinking, 
and I ask her this, and she has no answer for this. I go, okay, it was on sale. So you quote unquote saved 20% or let's say you, you paid $5, right? And you saved $5. Were you already going to the store to buy that item? And she says, no. And I'm like, well, then you didn't save $5. You spent $5. Like, that's how that works. I mean, it only works if you're like, I'm going to go get some chocolate milk. And you go in there and, oh, chocolate milk's on sale. Well, okay, I saved money. Yeah. But so, yeah. But it, it gets me, too, because the Battle Force came out with the Night Haunt. And I was like, oh, shit. So. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. It's true. And um, that kind of goes to show for the people you're talking about on YouTube. Yeah. Like, just. Plop down $3,000? Good God. Yeah. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's it's, more uh, like shock value. Like, look what we did. Yeah. Because that's what the, the title of it says. Uh, three grown men spend $3,000 <laughs> on plastic toys. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. They're, they're, they've got something to... And I mean, we're talking about it, right? Yeah. So, it works. Um. But uh, so if we're if you, of course, buying it from a friend, you'll usually get stuff. I mean, my personal experience is friends will give you 40 percent off generally. I mean, if it's something that's been sitting on a shelf for a long time and they're just like, take it, you know. Um, But then eBay is like guaranteed pretty much 20 percent off unless you get some weird price thing. And then. The um catch a catch a fool trying to sell it for cheaper than what it is or yeah exactly um or I mean like way cheap you're saying that they don't know how much it's worth yeah like somebody that doesn't know just puts it on there and it's like this much and you're like ooh jump I bought um and this is my famous thing I'm sure I've mentioned it before blah 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 um but I bought the bulk of my orc army was a um uh, eBay lot and I think it was worth like $3000 when you add it all. But it was hundreds of boys and tons of I mean it was a ton of stuff. And I was able to buy it for like it was like 7 or 800 I think. And then I broke even and I still have like behind us I have a drawer of orcs I've never <laughs> even used or like I just that is that's probably makes up 70% of my orcs cuz I've never really bought a box of orcs. Like I don't think I can't even think of anything. I bought mega knobs but most of my whole army has been... Yeah, my, my orcs come from, you know, like, bo- battle boxes or something like that. Not uh-huh. not individually bought, because I got a good deal from a friend. So, mm. like you, I got a bunch of boys, but not from individual boxes. Just <laughs> already assembled. So, um, so, buy it from a friend if you can. And then buy it from eBay if you can, if you're on a budget. Um, obviously support your local store. A lot of stores will have some sort of rewards program or some sort of percentage they give you off or, or whatever. If you're friendly with the store and you go there regularly, obviously I feel like it goes without saying, but I feel like I should say it anyway, is that if you play at a store, you should support the store. Yeah. I mean, so I guess what we're saying really is if you're trying to start out, go to your local store. The, the most ethical thing I feel is you go to your local store and then you buy a start collecting box. And then, you know, if, if you don't get a discount from them, you're still getting the 20% off from GW. Yeah. And then hopefully they also give you a discount or something. And then, of course, you could eBay a unit here or there or, you know, buy from a friend or, you know. So what are the other options? Really, I mean, there's a lot of Facebook groups, a lot of Facebook groups. Oh, yeah. That buy and sell now. So Yeah, there's like, uh, you know, like 
I guess uh, Reddit. I think maybe I saw some like Warhammer stuff on there. They may I haven't I didn't dive into them, but they might you know like sell stuff on there. Oh. There's some other websites. I'm pretty sure people uh, communities will essentially uh, uh, share with a friend. You know, mm-hmm. sell buy with a friend. Yeah, I would. Um, the first thing I would do just as a just start out by supporting your store. Yes. And then if budget's like a serious thing, then see if you can get the odd unit here or there and slowly still buy from your store. Matter of fact, if you're trying to, if you're not brand new to it, or maybe you've just got the bug and you're really into Warhammer, in most cases, I feel like buy two star collectings. And that's usually a good... Yeah. Because then you'll have two HQ. Generally speaking, you'll have two troop. You'll have two like heavies or some other unit. And that's a pretty good start to an army. Yeah. And you've spent less than 200 bucks, and I don't really... How much is to start collecting points-wise? Like six or 700? Uh, somewhere between five to 700. So five to 700. You could get... So for less than 200 bucks, you can get a thousand-point army, arguably. Yeah. That's not so bad. No. And, of course, every army's different, yes. points-wise. I'm sure the guards one is much cheaper, points-wise, than, yeah, than Death Guard. <laughs> yeah, Death Guard, um... You notice yep. they, they don't do a custodian start collecting, do they? No, they haven't done one. Hmm. Because they're like the premium, premium army, you know? As far as like low model count, and besides knights. But there's not a knight start collecting either. <laughs> $2,000 knight start collecting. Uh, did anybody, have you ever seen, I don't think they do it anymore. They used to sell, this was, I remember seeing this, but I don't remember if this was like, something I saw from the past before I started playing, or it might have been when we, we actually played years ago, but they would sell a whole company of Space Marines. Uh, Yeah, that uh, $10,000 yeah, yeah, Yeah. Like, who bought that? I don't know. I bet they're mad now because everything's going to Primaris and they got $10,000. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, all oh, these rhinos I bought, I can't even put my new Marines in Yeah, them. that's pretty funny. I wonder if anybody, uh, somebody write in if you bought it. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I would love to meet someone that bought that. Because who just drops, once again, $10,000 on something? Yeah. Good God. So, and the problem is, you can't We're, even... we're not making fun of you, by the way. I mean, no, it's kind of <laughs> impressive. Yeah. <laughs> um, But you can't even play that. Like, you can't even play all of that on the table. No, you can't. So... But at least you have the uh, choices... You know, you don't play the one static army. You have, oh, uh, maybe I want to do this today, or maybe I want to do that today. You know, this sounds stupid, but there is something kind of cool if you thought about, like, whenever I have an army, obviously you and I both own tons of armies, but I always feel like I own a portion of that army. Yeah. Like, narratively. I own, like, oh, here is this one battle force of like a hundred and some models you know like my whole my whole army collection is just part of a larger army but it would be pretty cool a cool feeling to own an entire company of space marines and go okay this is the entirety of this entire narrative army and okay let's take you know um the uh i might actually i guess i'm saying a chapter entire chapter of army. yeah yeah, yeah. I guess. so you're like all right this mission, we're going to take first company and second company. They're going to go do this mission or whatever. 
I mean, it's a big price tag to say to get that stupid, yeah. you know, but it'd be kind of cool because I never feel like any of my armies are the complete army narratively, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, you'd have to go on to, in the, in the codexes, they have those little tier charts or whatever they're called, where it's like the, oh. the chapter master, then the librarian and the blah, 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 then You're drops right. down the blah, 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 and then blah, 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 blah. Boy, I'd like to price that out. Yeah, that would be a lot. Wow, actually, that would be a pretty cool... If anybody likes math, um, that would be a pretty cool thing to do. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, that would be cool to find out how much it would be total um, to buy this whole, let's say, a whole dynasty of Necrons. Judging by the book, where, like you said, there's the Overlord and blah, 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 all the way down to the, like, hundred warriors or whatever's in that. Yeah. Price it out. And then see how low you could go with it just doing start collectings and stuff. Because you could probably save quite a bit of money, you yeah. know, and see what the difference is. Like, oh, if I paid full price or this is what I could do if I bought like three battle forces and the Armageddon. Oh, we didn't even talk about the Armageddon boxes. Um, Armageddon? Remember when they came out? With, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Apocalypse, not Armageddon. Did you? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, supposedly they're pretty good deals, too. And actually, they are essentially a battle force. I don't really know what the difference is. It's, they sold them in the detachments for the Apocalypse game. Like, oh. they had the air wing one, they had, you know, oh. the spearhead, whatever. Because the one I saw for Necron seemed pretty good. It had some rates, it had like a doomsday arc, it had troops, it had, I mean, it seemed pretty good. As, once again, it was... Uh, um, Oh, I can get that on a good deal, but I don't really need those models. Yeah. I already have too much of that, those models. And, you know, this is another warning for players that are just getting into it now. You and I have been playing for a long time. So, like you just said, those battle forces include a lot of units. And you might only want one unit out of it. Yeah. Because you already own the units. Yeah. So, when you don't own any of the units, you might as well make a good point to use make the most use out of all these box sets as you can while you still need those models that are in those box sets. Yeah. You know, cause they never do box sets with like two elites or something like, right. <laughs> they never do that. It's always at least one troop. And then you're like, well shit, I've got six units of troops. I don't need. <laughs> so, but anyway, I think, um, hopefully we were helpful to somebody and yeah, uh, somebody. Yeah. So start recap. Start at your local store, buy a start collecting, or preferably buy two start collectings. And then from there, you can say that you helped your local store, and then you kind of shop around a little bit, and, you know, hopefully your store offers you a discount, and that's fine. There's no reason to go anywhere else. Right. So, um, all right. Well, thank you for being on, Just James. No problem, dude. And we will talk to you later.